Good morning. How's everybody doing? All right. Hey, one little correction to the, the announcements. We're actually extending the, uh, the, the school supply drive one more week. So you've got one more week uh, to get your supplies and to get them dropped off here next Sunday. Uh, if you're not sure what to get, there's some lists out there so you can make sure and, uh, and know what we need and what we don't need to support Cedar Forest in that way. So, hey, uh, I'm so excited about this series today because, uh, or that we're, we're in right now, uh, because of what it means for our church. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, it's a great Sunday for you because we're going to talk about who we are as a church. If you're a part of River Club Church, it's a great reminder for us. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, I don't even know if I believe in God. Uh, I'm just here kind of checking things out. It's a great, great day for you as well because we're going to talk to you about what God has in store for you here. You know, we talked last week that every great organization... Um, has a, a statement of mission, a purpose. What drives it? What it is all about? And so for River Club Church, uh, we desire to be that great church, that great organization. And so our statement, kind of summarizing who we are, is this. It's to be a church where all people can experience life in Jesus. Now, I need some crowd participation today because some of y'all look a little tired. So let's say this together as loud as we can uh, today. We talk about our uh, our mission. Ready? To be a church where all people can experience life in Jesus, right? If you're watching online, I want you to say it with us again, even though nobody can hear you except the people with you. But one more time, to be a church where all people can experience life in Jesus. That's the core of what it means for us to be a church that drives everything that we want to do. We want to be a church where all people feel welcome and loved and accepted in Christ so they can grow to become more and more like Jesus. That they can experience that life that Jesus talks about, that abundant, that fulfilled, satisfied, true life in him. And we want to base everything we do on Jesus. Because without Jesus, there's no true life. There's no true hope. There's no true peace. And so we want to experience that and lead others to experience that as a part of their time here at our church. And so to do that, though, we, we're recognizing this. This is the big idea for our series is that if you spiritually want to grow up, if you want to grow in your faith, if you want to, um, if you want to experience that life, spiritually growing up takes more than just physically showing up. Spiritually growing up takes more than just physically showing up. Talked about this last week. You know, going to church doesn't make you a growing Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a Big Mac, right? It's simply a place you go, but there's stuff that we want to do so God can lead us to grow. Now, God grows us, but we have a role to play in that. And so for us at River Club Church, we have what we call the five things. The five things we want to challenge you to choose to commit to so that you can grow alongside others here at our church. The first one is this, and I want you to say these together as well, because I want to ingrain these into your mind. I want to brainwash you a little bit, whether you're here in this room or watching online, because these are so valuable and important to us as a church. So number one. We want you to choose to worship God together and apart. Let's say that again together. We want to worship God together and apart. So we want to gather in studies like this, turning our attention, our affection on God. But we also want to worship God in everything we do, in everywhere that we go. Number two, we talked about this last week, is we want to, say it with me, serve on a team. We want to serve on a team. God has gifted you to make a difference. He's made you. To make a difference. He's, he's positioned you and placed you and called you so that you can use who God's made you to be, how he's gifted you and who he's, who he's called you to be for the benefit of others, not just yourself. 
Number three, we're going to talk about this today. Let's say it together. Connect to a group. We want to connect to a group, and we'll talk more about that. Number four we're going to look at is this, is that we want to, put it up there, commit to the mission. Say it with me. Commit to the mission, right? We want to commit to the mission of what God has. If if River Club Church is the place God is bringing you, and he's saying, this is where I want you to connect to the mission of God, to, to be a part of a church, we want you to commit to that mission. We don't want you to simply attend. We don't want you to simply show up every now and then. We want you to commit to what God is doing and to give of yourself to that greater purpose and that greater mission. And then number five is this. This is a little bit longer, so make it a little bit jumbled as we say it together. But let's say it together. We want to invite others to experience life in Jesus, right? Is that as we are being changed by Jesus, we want to share with other people how they can be changed by Jesus. We want to invite them to experience life. So those five things are the five things that we're saying, listen, don't just show up. You know, don't just try to show up. But let's let's choose to do the things that God has given us to do as individuals and as a church so that we can grow to experience life in Jesus. And then we can help others to experience that life in Jesus as well. And so today I want to talk to you about the third of the five things. I want to talk to you about connecting to a group. Is that we want to challenge you today to move outside of rows and we want to, we want to challenge you to step into what we call circles. And it's this kind of idea that what we do here on Sunday morning is really important. It's, it's, it's something that I would encourage you to come to on a regular basis because there's something that happens, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, in this corporate setting that fuels our personal worship. It fuels our life. But this is not all that God has for you. Showing up on a Sunday morning, if you think that's going to grow your faith to the level that you're wanting it to grow, you're going to cap out how far you're going to grow. Because if we want to understand this, this truth, here's kind of the bottom line for today, is that all people, that includes you, includes you over here, every one of us, right? All of us need to connect to a smaller group because circles are better than rows, Every single one of us, we need to connect to a group because at this core truth, circles are better than rows. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we're not the first church to use that idea and that phrase, circles are better than rows. Just nobody can say it better than that. But what we're talking about is this, is that when you come together and you sit in rows here on Sunday morning, it's important, but it's not all that there is. In fact, I believe this. That you will grow more spiritually when you step out of a, out of a row and step into a circle. And see, in rows, we're all kind of facing one direction, but in a circle, we begin to face each other. And for us, we talk about, you know, life groups or, or a small group setting or something like that. that. That I believe this, that if you want to grow in your faith, and I believe you do because you're here. I believe that you want to grow in your faith. You want to have your questions about God answered. You want to know what it means to truly experience that life. You want somebody to help you understand, is there really a God? Is Jesus really the, the, the one who he's claiming to be? And if you want to grow in your faith, we've got to be part of a group. We've got to connect to a group because circles are always better than rows. You're going to cap out your spiritual growth if you're unwilling to step out of a row and get into a smaller setting. And see, we see this, this, this idea in the very, very first church. 
Can you imagine being one of the first followers of Jesus? You're alive at the time of Jesus and you see that Jesus dies on a cross and your, your hope is shattered. And then all of a sudden you start hearing this, this, this truth and you start hearing this account that Jesus is alive, that he rose from the grave. And over the course of several weeks, you're, you're one of the 500 people that actually get to see Jesus alive, risen from the grave. And then all of a sudden the, the disciples, his closest followers say, Jesus has gone back to heaven to be with the Father one day to return and to finish everything that he started. And he's told us, as followers of Jesus, if we're his, that we're going to carry on his mission. And so, so we, we're going we're gonna to be what he called the church. And then trying to figure out, well, what does it mean to be the church? And so you, you see in Acts chapter 2 that, that these early followers of Jesus had to figure out well, what does it mean for us to live in this community together? What does it mean to be a church? And then they begin to live life like this. Look at your note sheet or on the screen. It says Acts 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we see the church begin to gather in large settings. They met in the temple courts. They, they, they gathered in rows. They gathered in larger settings like this. And, and they were committed to that. But then it also says, and speaks even more to the fact, that they gathered in circles. They didn't just meet in large settings. It says they, made, they met in homes. And when they met in homes, they had this connection, this community, this this relational intimacy with one another, so much that they prayed for each other. They, they hung out together. They actually sold their possessions to give to those who, who had need in, in their little groups. And they, they met in these two ways. And it was so incredible because that type of community, that type of connection was something that became contagious. Uh, there, there's a... A, a North African theologian called Tertullian, which was his name, and, and he, he wrote, and one of the things he wrote about was he wrote about what the, the, the non-believers in, in the days of the early church said about the followers of Jesus. And here's what they said. The Romans would constantly say in talking about the Christians, see how they love one another. See how they love one another? It was contagious. They were known not just for their large settings. They were known for, for this authentic community that, that they lived out together. Randy Frizee is a, is a pastor and wrote a book several years ago called The Connecting Church. And he talks about this authentic community and how it's God's purpose for us. Check this out. It says, The experience of authentic community is one of the purposes God intends to be fulfilled by the church. The writings of Scripture lead one to conclude that God intends the church not to be one more bolt on the wheel of activity in our lives, but the very hub at the center of one's life. That followers of Jesus, this Christian community, is designed to not just be another thing that you go to, but to be what you are, who you are. 
But I wonder, is that your experience? Because you have Acts chapter 2, this authentic community, this connection in this deeper way. But then for a lot of us, I think we see something different. I read an article several years ago by a, another pastor named Jason Johansson. He was, wrote this article called, called Going to Church Alone. And he was talking about the, the early church versus the modern day church. And how the early church was known for its connection and its community, but so often the modern church is known for something different. Here's what he said. This Sunday, thousands of people will arrive at church right as the music starts, or after the music starts, if we're being honest, right? They'll find a seat. They'll sing music that touches an array of emotions, listen to an interesting, hopefully, sermon, and leave. He didn't put hopefully, I added that in. And leave having never really spoken to anyone. These reclusive congregants neither give nor receive hospitality, share no burdens, do not assist the weak, receive no prayer for discernment over major life decisions, no repentance for grudges or grievances, no healing of estranged relationships, no rejoicing with another's joy, no sorrow in another's tears. Sermon and songs will conspire to give the worshiping consumer an experience of having connected with Christ even while they ignore the very real members of Christ's body sitting next to him. Now check this out. For this has become normal. These days it's far too easy to go to church alone. You cannot have intimacy with Christ and remain aloof from the body. So on the one hand you have this picture of this community, this authentic community known for their love, their connection, their care, and they're their, their growing spiritually together. And then you have this experience that, that so many people have in, in churches today where they walk in and walk out, never talking to anybody, never really being known, simply coming and consuming an experience that while it's important, does not even begin to scratch the surface of what it means to truly be part of a church. See, I believe that that picture of that lonely Christian is far too common, even in our church. And that's why we strongly support and want to challenge you today to embrace this truth that circles are better than rows. That if all you're going to do is come sit in a row, we're glad you're here. I think God's going to meet you. I think God's going to encounter you. I think God's going to teach you. He's going to grow you. But you're never going to experience what the church is truly designed to be about unless you step into something deeper. And today, here's what I want to do. Is I want to share from my own personal experience why I believe you should step into a group. Because 10 years ago, or so, my wife and I stepped into a small group. I think we called them life groups at the time. I've been part of what they, what they called growth groups. But it was the same thing. It was a smaller community of people who gathered together outside of a Sunday morning. And they, they connected to study the Bible, to pray together, to encourage one another, challenge each other, and just do life together. And over those 10 years since we've been a part of that, I can stand here and say my life and my faith are better. And so I was writing down just, you know, my personal experience, how being part of a group has benefited me personally. 
And I, I, I kind of scaled it down to seven things. You're like, you scaled it down to seven? Yeah, I scaled it down to seven things that I want to talk about just quickly this morning that I believe are seven benefits for anybody who would be a part of a group, who would take that step into a circle to get out of the row and develop community with other people. So I want you to write these down. First one is this, is that a group helps me to understand, to better understand the Bible and live my faith. That my experience is that a group helps me better understand the Bible and live my faith. Have you ever been sitting in a, in a church service where, you know, the pastor, the speaker is, you know, talking and, and he says something or she says something and they're like, you know, they're like, hey, you know, here's this truth. And everything in you wants to just raise your hand and go, hold on, I got a question. But you recognize and realize that's not appropriate in this setting, right? Like, like that's not kind of how we do this thing here, right? And you're kind of like, okay, I got a question. I, I don't know where to, where to go with that. And so you're like, well, I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out later. And then you never come back to it. Or maybe, you know, you hear a, a Bible verse and you're like, well, how does that connect back to this other verse that I heard? Or maybe, okay, I, I get how, you know, these, these early Christians did that. But, but what does it look like in, in 2017? See, what a small group or a group does is it creates an incredible opportunity and a place for you to have those types of discussions. For you to ask the questions and to, to have the conversations about the Bible that we, we, we want to have because we want to know more. And the cool thing is, is that when you ask those questions, you have those conversations, you're not just relying on, on your ability to come up with the answer, but you're surrounded with people who maybe know some things that you don't know who've experienced some things that you haven't experienced, who can give some perspective that maybe you need perspective on. And you grow more in your understanding of the Bible because you're able to have these, excuse me, conversations. And at its core, what, what the Bible tells us is, is that we're supposed to be teachers of each other. Look what Paul writes in Colossians 3.16. He says, let the message of Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teaching counsel to each other with all the wisdom that he gives. That there's a benefit and there's a calling that we're not supposed to just help our own understanding of the Bible. We're supposed to help others understand the Bible. And, and we do that when, when we, in a better way when we, we do that together. So a group provides that opportunity, but not just to understand the Bible more. It actually helps us live out our faith more. Because in a smaller setting, people know your life. You can develop some encouragement, some accountability. Listen, there, there are some times in my life where the only reason, if I'm honest, I actually followed through with what I, I was planning to do that week spiritually was because I told somebody I was going to do it. And I knew that that following Monday night, we're going to sit in that room and they're going to look at me while we're eating dinner beforehand. They're going to go, hey, how did that go? And I don't want to be the guy that goes, what are you talking about? Right? Because I know that there's this accountability there. Now, they don't do it in a harsh way, making me feel bad if I, if I mess up. But I know that, that there's somebody who, who is caring about me and wanting to make sure that I'm following through with the things that God's calling me to do in my life. Proverbs says it this way, Proverbs 27, 17, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. That we're actually able to live out our faith better because we're in connection with other people. We're understanding more, but we're also finding encouragement, challenge at times, and accountability. So why a group? Well, number one is we're better able to understand the Bible and live out our faith. Number two is this, 
is that a group helps me know and be known to others. It helps me to know and be known by others. You know, listen, I guarantee you this, that, that some of you are sitting in this room today. And even though you're in a room uh, of a hundred or so, a couple hundred people, whatever, you feel all by yourself. There's people all around you, but you know that if you leaned over and said, hey, you got a minute, can I talk to you? You're going to be, it's going to feel awkward because that's not really the setting that you're in. You know that there's something going on in your life right now that, that you want to tell somebody that you want some perspective on, but you just, you just sat down next to that person. You had to even say good morning to him. And honestly, you don't really know him. They don't know you. See, rows allow us to have connection, but to not truly have relationship. Even though we sit in the same places every single week, a lot of us, right? We still don't really know the people sitting on our row. Now, I think we should do a better job of that. I think it's one of the reasons why we're always raggling you about, about not getting here on time and, and, and not getting here late and all that kind of stuff. Listen, there's a reason. Number one reason is this. is If you walk in once the service has started, you're not going to talk to anybody else. Now, I know some of you are in the lobby and you're talking, but, you know, not everybody. The other thing is this. Guess who comes to church early? The guests. Because they don't know any different. Because everywhere else, you don't want to show up late, right? Except church, it's cool. And so what happens is, is that first time guests walk into the room because I see it. And they walk in and they, they sit down and they got, their, they got their worship folder and they're looking around like, starts at 9.30? What? What time? You know? Am I late? You know, am I early? Like, what's going on, you know? Yeah, they're sitting like on the third row and they're like, why is everybody sitting in the back? Right? Like, is this like the bad section? You know, like what happened? And see, as a staff, we, we, we come around and we try to greet people and all that kind of stuff. But listen, it's important that we reach out and we get to know people, even in this setting. It's important that when the service is over, we don't hightail it out, you know, and maybe say hey to a couple people. But that's still only going to go so far. And, and, and the pastor can't do it all. The staff can't do it all. But the best way we actually are known to people and get to know people is getting into a smaller setting. And that becomes your community. Yeah, I gave you some verses that I have time to read this morning to, under each of these points. And so we're going to read some, not be able to read others. But, but Genesis chapter 1 tells us this, that God created us in his image. That's a relational image. And in chapter 2, it says that, that when Adam was the first one created, even though God created this incredible world and all these animals and all this kind of stuff, he said it's not good for the man to be alone. Because we're not intended to live isolated, to live disconnected. And one of the main reasons why people will leave a church is because they don't feel connected. But part of that is we've got to take the responsibility of saying it's not always somebody else's responsibility to make me feel connected. I've got to take a step out of a row and I've got to be willing to step into a circle. Because that's the best place. It has the greatest potential for somebody to actually know me. 
and for me to get to know others. So important. Third thing is this, is that a group not only helps me understand the Bible and our faith, not only it gives me a place to know and be known, but a group helps me learn the power of praying with and for others. It helps me learn the the power of praying with and for other people. See, if you want to grow in prayer, if you feel like all you do when you pray is just simply ask God for the stuff in your life, then one of the things that a group will do is it will actually get you with other people and you begin to pray for them, begin to pray with them. Now, not every group has a place where everybody has to pray out loud. People are like, I don't, I don't pray out loud. You're not forced to do that. But when you're sitting in a, in a, in a, in a, in a room, you're sitting in this circle and you're, you're talking and somebody talks about the, the struggle they're having, it kind of ramps up your desire to pray for that person. And then you begin to see how God is answering those prayers. Because it's, it's easier, this is reality, it's easier to see how God's working in the life of somebody else than it's easier to see how God's working in your life sometimes. And sometimes we don't pray because we, we feel like it's not working. But when we begin to pray for others, sometimes that's the catalyst that reminds us, hey, that prayer really does work. In that passage in Acts chapter 2, it says that all the believers devoted themselves to, to, to different things. But one of those things they devoted themselves to was to prayer. And they saw the power of that prayer. When we were going through the, the process of adopting our youngest daughter, Layla, um, like any adoption process, we had some ups and downs. We had some, some challenging times. We had some uncertain times. And, and the people who were in our, our group and those who we had been connected with because of groups, that was, that was that core community that we turned to. And a lot of times, there wasn't anything they could do other than pray. But their prayer encouraged us. And we've been able to pray for other people. In very specific ways, ways that maybe, you know, they wouldn't want to share with just anybody, but because we developed a trust and community over time. And sometimes it wasn't one person sharing with the whole group, but it was one person pulling another person aside and saying, listen, this is kind of private, but would you pray about this? That prayer has become a powerful thing. Number four is that a group helps me handle the problems and the pressures of life is that a group helps me handle the problems and pressures of life. Listen, my life can be difficult, just like your life can be difficult. There there are things that that come up in my life that that are hard, that are discouraging, that are frustrating, that are confusing. And just like you, when those times come, man, there's there's something about knowing that I can talk to somebody else about them. You know, have you ever been in that situation where, like, you know that person can't really do anything to solve your problem, but, but just because you can talk to them, you feel better about it? Just because you have somebody to connect with and, and who you know is going to love you and your, your trusting is going to appreciate you and, and not shun you because you're having this struggle or because you're thinking this thought or you're, you're having that, that problem, but, but you know that there's someone that you can rely on? There's power in that. And for some in this room, you don't have that person right now. 
And it's a lonely place to be. Because we've probably all been there at some point. And you're like, where do I find somebody like that? Great place to start is a group. Now you're like, well, hold on a minute. Part of the reason I don't want to go into a group is I don't want everybody knowing my business. Here's the thing about a group. You decide how open you want to be. Like in all of my years, being part of a a group, like I've never been in the setting where everybody sat down and said, okay, tonight's the night. Deepest, darkest secret, go. We're not having dessert till somebody shares they're addicted to porn. All right? Because I know one of you are, right? Like, we, like, we, like, like I'm not making light of that, but like we, we never had that setting where it was kind of like, okay, um, you're not telling the truth because I, I've seen stuff on Facebook. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like that. But I'm telling you what, I've shared things with people in a group setting and because of that group setting that I wouldn't tell everybody. But there, see, we were able to find that, that help. Galatians 6.2 says this. It says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. You can't adequately share a person's burden if you only sit next to him on a row. People are not adequately going to be able to share your burdens unless you're willing to get into a circle. You're willing to get into a smaller setting to deepen those relationships. Number five, a group helps me share my faith in practical and natural ways. You know, one of the things that we, we encourage for, for our groups is that they don't just meet together and have fun together, but, but they actually serve together. And that might mean, you know, a group goes and serves a meal at the Brisbane Center. Uh, maybe they, they take on a, a Sunday of, uh, of setting the chairs out or, or they host a, a, a car at Trunk or Treat. Like there's many different ways to do that. But, but groups that serve together, they actually grow deeper and stronger in that setting. And sometimes, you know, it's really a natural and kind of easy way for you to, to begin to serve other people because you're doing it with others. But groups are also, they're a great way to be able to invite somebody to experience life in Jesus because there's just something different and easier for some people to say, hey, I get together with some, some friends at my house on Thursday night. Why don't you come over for dinner? We do a kind of a Bible discussion. It's real low key, but, you know, why don't you come to my house? Then to say, hey, will you come to my church service on Sunday? I think it would be cool as a church if we actually had more people in groups than we did on a Sunday morning. That our average attendance was kind of flip-flop. Not saying it's not important to show up on Sunday morning. But man, if we could use our groups as ways to even reach out to people who don't know who Jesus is. That's more of a natural way to invite somebody in than sometimes inviting them to come to this service where they're going to be sitting on a row and not really knowing what's going on. It's a great way to share our faith. It can be real natural. Number six, a group helps me develop my gifts. We talked about this last week. That, that in Jesus, all of us have certain gifts and abilities that, that God is using and God has given us to, to serve others and make a difference. And a group is a great place for you to develop those gifts. Because maybe you're not ready to you know, step up and, and, and teach somebody from a stage or something like that. But God is giving you the gift to be able to lead discussion and to facilitate things and teach. And that setting is a safer way to kind of step up and do that. Listen, groups have needs for all kinds of people with all kinds of different gifts. 
For instance, if I was in charge of the fun for my group, I would have nobody in my group. Because fun is not my gift. Right? So you guys who know me are kind of like, shocker, right? I like having fun. I'm good at having fun. I'm just not great at planning fun. Right? And so my wife is an incredible fun person. Like, and so in our group, she's in charge of the fun. She's in charge of like, you know, hey, let's make sure we have a, have a night, some nights where we don't do the Bible study, but we actually just come together and we hang out. Like we have cornhole tor- 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 tournament night, right? And that's okay. That's part of it. Other people are, are they're, maybe they're more like set on the, you know, their gift is, is serving people. So it's like, hey, we feel like our group needs to get together and do a, do a serving project. You know, who wants to take lead on that? And they're like, yeah, I'll take lead on that. That's their gift. Some of the organization people, they map out and plan like where we're meeting and, and what time we're meeting and who's bringing what, what food and all that kind of stuff. Like everybody has a gift. And we use our gifts and we grow in those group settings. And so maybe some of the ways that, that you're going to grow isn't just how you sit there and have discussions, but you're using the gifts God's given you. And here's the last one. My experience is this, is that in all the things that, that, that groups have meant for me, I come back to this one, is that a group helps me to live like Jesus. If you want to live like Jesus, if you truly believe that there was something about Jesus that that, that his life is, is something that you want to emulate. His life is something that you want to, to, to model yourself after. Being part of a group helps you live like Jesus. Because what did Jesus do on this earth? We did a lot of things. But one of the things that he did was this, is Jesus created community. When he began his public ministry, it says that he went around and he invited 12 people to come and, and kind of be his group. Now, he had crowds of people that he ministered to. He had larger groups that, that he led and that he knew. But he had this group of 12 people, the disciples. And these were the 12 that knew him best. These were the 12 that saw Jesus being vulnerable before the cross. These are the ones that, that, that Jesus went to and said, will you pray for me? These are the ones who Jesus would, would be real with in a way that maybe he couldn't be with everybody else because we just can't be open and real with everybody. And his very last prayer that we see, one of his last prayers is found in John chapter 17. And he prays for these 12, that they'll have this connection, this community, this unity with God and with them, with each other. And then he goes on to not just pray for them. He prays for you and he prays for me. He says, my prayer is not for them alone, talking about the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you and me if we're followers of Jesus. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me. And I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me that they may be one as we are one. 
I and them and you and me. So he's praying for unity, praying for connection, praying for, for, for what can't happen fully in a row setting. He says, so they may be brought to complete unity. And because of their unity, because of their connection, because of their love for one another lived out. Here's what he says. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. You know what's going to make the biggest difference in us accomplishing our mission? The biggest difference is going to be when we begin to live out community in our church. When we step out of rows and we get into circles. A great Sunday morning is going to help. A great experience is going to help. Creating a loving, welcoming community from the time a person walks into the parking lot so they come in this room, having a great kids ministry, a great student ministry, serving and helping those in need. Like all that stuff's going to help. But the thing that can make a difference apart from anything else the world really has to offer is when the church truly begins to live in circles. And people find a place to be known, a place to know others, a place to grow in their faith and understand the Bible. They understand the power of prayer. They find help in struggling times and hard times. They begin to live out life as Jesus lived. That's when things go to a different level than simply just being a Sunday church. And I want you to hear this morning, not just from me, but I want to show you a short video of of some people just like you who sit out there on Sunday mornings but who have said yes to stepping out of a row and getting into a group. I want you to hear their story. Hear how group has changed their lives. You guys check this out. Well, I think with uh, being involved in a small group and also believing in God, um, that is where you can release some of the anxieties, some of the questions, uh, uh, get some answers from different people, get some different perspectives of how people think and how they perceive what the Word says about different questions, about different things. Um, And it just kind of frees you up to say, well, I feel this, how do you feel? And getting some feedback. And it kind of draws you closer to people because you know how they feel personally and how they feel on as far as what the word entails and what the word says about different things. I can't explain it. Any time, like when I'm praying or any time I'm worshiping in church or anytime I'm listening to the message it's just it's always that heaviness is always there so just recently through um, a connection that came through this group which came through another group um, 
I, I was able to to shed that weight and any question of my salvation. And I, I'm telling you, I'm just, I, it's just, I can't even tell you how how this group has changed me. I, I just, I can't say enough. I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have this group now. I can't, there's just nothing worth the possibility of strengthening your relationship and getting closer with God. I mean, what do you do? What do you do during the week? What do you do that's that's worth that? I mean, just nothing, in my opinion. <laughs> we started, my husband and I, in this group a year ago. And we had been at the church for a year before that. And we just were having trouble meeting people. And we said we need to get into a small group. Um, so we've had a great opportunity just to get to know folks and get to know them deeper, care about them, also to share um, share our faith, share scriptures. Um, recently I had an opportunity to share something that had been shared with me and um, with someone and through this group connection, and um, it was such a blessing to me. Um, it was something very timely and very... Um, pertinent to a situation that someone had been going through that, um, that that I had seen before or had heard of or read about before and and I was just God just gave me the scriptures to be able to um, to say and it was a real blessing so that that's the kind of thing that you know for me has come through this group as well as just um, some dear uh, relationships that we're still building we just appreciate all the groups here at River Club and all the special people that we are getting to know. Kind of brings you into the reality of what God is all about and what life is all about and where you stand in life. In general, it's just a great camaraderie with people that are close to the Lord and it helps you become close to the Lord also. So really cool stories from people in our church who have found the same thing I've found, you know, in different ways. And so the, really, the, I guess the, the takeaway for today is this commitment that I'm wondering if you've made and if you will make is the commitment that says, I will connect to a group. I'll step out of the row. I'll get into a circle. Now, some of you are like, you've already gone all, you're going through all the excuses, all the reasons not. I'm too busy. I don't have time. If you're waiting to have enough time, you'll never have enough time. There are some weeks where it's a sacrifice to make time for community. But I never walk away regretting the time that I spent. For others, you're like, man, Zach, I I had a bad experience in in a group. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Listen, there's no perfect group. And you may step into a group and you're like, man, this this isn't the right setting for me. Well, at River Club Church, you're free to step out of that group and find the group that works for you. You may be kind of like, man, but, you know, I don't really know that much about the Bible. Am I going to be put on the spot? You know, that's not our goal. The goal is to learn. But today, what I want to do is, is I want you to take a next step. Pull out your, um, your worship guide. There's an insert in there. And it just says groups on the top. And it says, because we're better together. And there's some next steps here to take. And I want to encourage you to take that next step for you. 
You know, there's several different types of groups toward the bottom that we have at River Club Church. The number one is life groups. Life groups are ongoing community that kind of helps us experience life in Jesus. So this is more of a traditional um, home group, or uh, we call them a life group. And so, uh, you know, these are people that they meet in homes throughout the week or on the weekend, and, and they study scripture, they have fun together, they serve together. Um, it's kind of the place where you go to really be known and to have that ongoing community. Maybe you're not ready for a longer term type group. Well, we have what we call life studies. And life studies are short-term groups that are based around a certain topic. You know, a couple that we're, we're starting for the first time or one we're relaunching is Financial Peace University. Maybe you're struggling with your finances. You're ready to kind of get out of the pressure of debt and realize, hey, I got to do something better with how I'm managing my money. Well, Financial Peace University is a, a great place for you to come and experience community around that idea with other people who are struggling with the same things you're struggling with. And not there to judge each other, but to say, how do we get better? Another one's a group called Starting Point. Maybe you're a seeker. You're, you're, you're seeking God. You're not really sure about God. And you got questions. And you're like, where can I go to have these questions answered? Starting Point's a place for you. But maybe you are a believer and you're like, well, I know I already, I'm, I'm a believer, but I just feel like I've got some, some questions. I want some more foundation. I want to just talk about, you know, the basic things like Bible and who Jesus was and, and some of that stuff. Well, starting point's that safe place for you. But we also have what we call lifelines. Maybe you're not really about, you know, a certain topic or you're not, you know, really about, you know, just kind of jumping into any group, but, but you're really kind of going through something in this unique place you are in life. You want some support to come around you. So we have groups like a, a widow's group. We have groups like a young mom's group that's starting up. And maybe there's some groups down there. like, I don't see a group for this, but you know, I'm, I'm going through a divorce or I'm, I've just come through a divorce. I would love somebody to walk with me through that. Maybe you're a young professional, you're in college and you're like, is there a group for me? The challenge with being a church that wants to create a place for all people is that we need people who will help create those places. And so for some of you, it's not I will connect to a group. For some of you, this is the next step. I will launch a group. I'll start a group. If you're like, Zach, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, see, I don't see a group here that that, that kind of fits this calling in my life, well, it's probably because you haven't started that group yet. Now, when I say that, everybody immediately starts tensing up. It's like, ah, I'm not leading a group. I, I don't have all the answers. I'm not, I'm not a Bible scholar. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't live a perfect life. Listen, when Jesus chose 12 men to start the local church, he chose fishermen, unpopular tax collectors. There was no theologian and Bible scholar in the mix. But what Jesus wanted was some people who had a big heart and that were willing to say, I'll give it a shot. And if you have a care for other people, if you're ready to learn, we'll support you. We'll give you the stuff that you need to get the group started. We'll give you the stuff that you need to keep the group going. We'll assign you with a coach who's got some more experience who you can turn to and say, okay, this one person will never shut up. What do I do about that? You don't have to be perfect. In fact, if you are perfect, we got to talk because I'm probably thinking you're not. But we want you to take that next step. So during this song, we're going to sing. It's a song where we just talk about, here's my heart, Lord. I want you to take 
every part of it. Will you give God the heart that says, I'll connect to a group. I'll take that risk. I'll step out of the row. I'll, I'll start the group. I'll launch the group. Would you be willing to do that this morning? Because if you're not willing to step out of the row and into the circle, you're never going to grow the same way you could be. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day and for who you are, for your love for us. And Jesus, we just ask that during this time, you'd give us the courage to say yes to the step you have for us today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.